only thing we have to fear is fear itself. <laughs> the National Weather Service has issued a severe thunderstorm warning. Welcome. Welcome. To the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast. Where prepping doesn't have to be complicated or expensive. Coming to you from a well-defended off-grid compound high in the mountains. Coming to you from his Florida room in Richmond, Virginia. Neither off-grid nor well-defended, unless you count as chickens and cats. Here is your host, Keith. Hey everybody, this is Keith and welcome back to the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast, episode 59. Today is December 18th, 2023. I've been wanting to record this podcast for the last couple, three days, but as usual, when I get some show notes together, something else happens and I decide to delay it till the next day till I can get some more information. I'll warn everybody right now, I am pretty spun up about what's going on between Israel and Hamas. There are absolutely no words to describe the barbaric actions of Hamas, terrorists, animals, whatever words you want to use, do not do their actions justice. Going door to door, killing innocent Israeli citizens, Elderly folks in nursing homes, shooting and killing entire families, children. Reports are out there that have been verified that they have beheaded and burned the bodies of Israeli babies. A couple hundred folks are apparently hostages. Some are Americans although I've yet to hear any details on the names of some of these hostages. The level of barbarism, again, I, I, am, I am without words to describe this behavior. These folks, these terrorists, do not deserve to breathe the air that we do. It is one thing to fight a war, And the purpose of a war is to kill people and blow things up. I get it. But to do this for the reasons that they're doing it and to kill innocents, it has no place in this world. And then to see the support that folks around this country and around the world have for Hamas, you have got to be joking. There is a difference. I'm not talking about Palestine. I'm talking about Hamas. Hamas being the terrorist group that basically runs Palestine or the Gaza Strip. The mayor is Hamas. So they have a stranglehold basically on the Gaza Strip and all the Palestinians that live there. I'm talking about the terrorists. American universities, American college students marching in the streets, going to rallies that are pro-Hamas, celebrating the fact that these animals did what they did 
to these Israeli citizens, these Israeli innocents. Again, I am absolutely beside myself to see a bunch of self-righteous, self-important, sniveling little people out there saying they agree with what Hamas did. Why is that? Is it trendy? Is it cool to apparently be on the side of the oppressed or however they want to think about this? Can you imagine watching television and Cornell, Harvard, wherever it happens to be, and seeing your son or daughter out there in support of these terrorists that killed innocents and killed children? Can you imagine the level of hatred that these terrorists had that they would indiscriminately kill anybody regardless of their age? Can you imagine the level of hatred? And then to have, and there were foreigners too, these, these protests were all over the world. There were riots in Berlin, riots in Rome, There were protests in Washington, D.C., New York City, all around the country. I saw a video of a bunch of jackwads trying to jump a small fence outside the White House because they were in support of what was going on between the Israelis and Hamas. They were in support of Hamas. And the U.S. Secret Service were literally pushing these folks, knocking them down over this little fence. Who are these people? Do you not have a life? Are you so close-minded? Are you such an imbecile that you think being on the side of these terrorists is being on the right side of this situation or the right side of history? You have absolutely lost your mind. A college professor, and I will not give him credit, I will not name him, and I will not name the university, at a rally, he said, The Hamas terror attacks were exhilarating and energizing. This person at a rally with a microphone with hundreds of people around is celebrating terrorists killing innocents, terrorists killing elderly folks in nursing homes as they lay in their beds, terrorists that did those atrocities to those babies. They killed the babies because they don't want the babies to then grow up to be Israeli citizens, perhaps Israeli soldiers. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being an Israeli citizen in the U.S. or over in Israel and watching that video? The hospital, a little more than 24 hours ago, the hospital that was bombed, that was rocketed, that apparently 500 people died, a very nice round number. Immediately, Hamas came out and said it was an Israeli rocket that hit this Gaza hospital, that Gaza City hospital, and killed 500 people. Almost every single news agency, media outlet around the world jumped on this and repeated it. Why? Oh, because Hamas said so. The people who are murdering babies, I guess those are the people you listen to. It was nothing more than propaganda. CNN, MSNBC, 
New York Times, several other outlets, Israeli rocket destroys hospital. Israeli rocket kills 500 people in Gaza hospital. Israel to blame for rocket attack on hospital, 500 dead. Never happened. Israel had to come out and defend herself. How sickening is that? So Hamas just throws some crap out and see and see if it sticks. And all these so-called journalists immediately, oh, well, obviously it was Israel. Because, of course, Israel has so much to gain by rocketing a hospital, by bombing a hospital. Israel dropped flyers over Gaza, over Gaza City, telling folks, you have 24 hours to get out of the city because we're going to level it. We're going to turn it into a big dust pile. A lot of people tried to leave. Hamas set up checkpoints so the people could not leave. The cowardly animals were using citizens, people who lived in Gaza, Gaza City for the most part, as human shields. These animals launched their rockets from hospitals, from schools, from places of worship, because there is a very good chance that Israel is not going to bomb or rocket those areas. One, because it's real bad PR. If you launch a rocket and you hit a school, even though the school is empty, even though it's just literally lined with soldiers launching rockets. They're not going to take that chance because immediately the world press is going to jump on this. And again, even, even if there's nobody in the school, nobody in the mosque, nobody in the hospital, whatever it happens to be, they launch these rockets from the roof of these facilities, knowing that Israel is going to think twice before destroying it because headline Israeli rocket hits elementary school. It was probably empty or maybe Hamas had people in it and Hamas shows video of, you know, 20 dead kids and they blame Israel. They're the cowards for launching the rockets from behind the school or from the roof of the school. So the media globbed on to this. This is like, here's a similar headline. Okay. Abraham Lincoln was assassinated by John Wilkes Booth in the Ford Theater way back in 1860-something. Here's the headline if CNN was around. The 16th president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln, committed suicide tonight at the Ford Theater. John Wilkes Booth, a patron of the theater, rendered aid to the president and was injured when he leapt from the balcony, breaking his leg in search of a doctor. That's how CNN would report John Wilkes Booth assassinating President Lincoln. If they were around, that's exactly how they would report it. World leaders will eventually pressure Israel into some sort of truce, ceasefire, whatever you want to call it. The media will do the same. The media will take whatever Hamas, because it's going to get where, what, day 12? coming up on not day 10, day 12, coming up on the war. And folks are going to get really tired of it. And the media is going to pressure, world leaders are going to pressure Israel into backing off and to try to, like I said, some sort of peace agreement, some sort of ceasefire, treaty, whatever you want to call it. U.S. embassies in Beirut, U.S. embassies, US embassies around the world, Israeli embassies around the world, were attacked yesterday and today the U S embassy in Beirut was set on fire. 
This is spreading all over the world because it is allowed to. Saudi Arabia is only going to stay silent for so long. Saudi Arabia is not an ally of the United States. I'm not sure how many of you all know that. They are not our friend. They will be silent for a limited period of time before they get involved. How they get involved, there'll be a lot of rhetoric, a lot of saber rattling, but then they'll start restricting oil production and oil exports. And because we're no longer energy independent, that's going to hit us at the gas pumps. Speaking of gas pumps, 35 cent increase in gas per gallon here in central Virginia overnight. What happened? I don't know. But it jumped between 28 and 35 cents depending on what gas station you go to. Because I got gas, it's Wednesday night. I got gas Tuesday morning. On the way to work today, I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't pay $349 for a gallon of gas yesterday. And as I saw the gas stations, you know, between my house and work, 28, 30, 32 cents, up to 35 cent increase overnight. We provide billions of dollars of military aid and military hardware to Saudi Arabia. We have air bases there. They allow us to use use their air bases. We have our own air bases there, and they allow us to use their airspace to fly over like with the, in the Gulf War. They allowed us to fly over their country to bomb Iran, Iraq, and you know, and then the whole thing with Afghanistan. This administration, in my opinion, is itching for a fight. Historically, nothing increases your popularity more than a war. Here's the difference. 9-11, the U.S. was the victim. At the first Gulf War, Saddam Hussein, weapons of mass destruction, whatever you want to make of that, and then Afghanistan. So we were the victim. The United States is not directly the victim in the attack on Israel. We are an ally of Israel. So apparently we're going to provide material, financial aid. We have planes landing, munitions. We're dropping it off. We have two carrier strike forces that are very soon be off the coast of Israel. One I think is, oh, it's the Gerald Ard Ford and at the Roosevelt. I can't remember. Two carrier strike forces are going to be in the same area as well as some amphibious strike forces, which that those two carrier strike forces together, I don't think that's been seen in quite some time. I mean, literally within very close proximity of each other. I don't know if that's going to be a deterrent. Iran has said that if Israel retaliates against Hezbollah, which is in Lebanon, they're going to get involved. Well, Hezbollah in, in the Israeli army, the IDF, they've been trading rockets and artillery for the last two or three days, and Iran has not got directly involved. Remember, the administration unfroze $6 billion just a few weeks ago, and now they're saying they refroze it. It's only for humanitarian aid. That's the biggest crock I've ever heard. Speaking of money, isn't it weird how we're not talking about Ukraine and Russia? Isn't it weird that you can go to YouTube or watch the news and in a 30-minute newscast or a five-minute YouTube video, you can see more battlefield footage of the Hamas 
Israeli war in five minutes that we've seen in a year and a half coming up on two years out of Ukraine. I'm sure Zelensky is, is in his quarter sucking his in a corner sucking his thumb and pouting because people aren't flocking to see him. Movie stars, recording artists aren't flocking to see him to shake his hand to get a photo op and handing him a big check. I'm sure he's upset that he's no longer the center of attention. But it's weird how that's kind of on the back burner, but now potentially we're gonna get in a in a kinetic and a shooting war in the Middle East. In my opinion, Hamas will strike here in the United States. It is just a matter of time. Why wouldn't they? Where? I have absolutely no idea. The odds of this happening in your town, million to one, minuscule, tiny. But that doesn't mean that you should not be vigilant. That does not mean that you should Be very keen and focus on your situational awareness because I'm sure all those people who live near the Gaza Strip, you know, 5, 10, 15 miles from the Gaza Strip, I'm sure the last thing they thought, and and granted, Israel and Hamas don't get along. There's there's fencing, there's a wall, there's all sorts of trenches. There's like a, a, a DMZ between Israel and Palestine. The people who live very close to that wall or that border, I'm sure that's the last thing they thought of on, I believe it was it, was it the 7th, October 7th? I'm sure that was the last thing they thought of that early Saturday morning was a bunch of terrorists were going to drive into their town, kick down their door, walk into the middle of the street and start gunning people down as they drove down the street. They're in their work. They're in their kitchen having breakfast. I'm sure that's the last thing they thought was going to happen. And they live 10 or 15 miles from a group of people that will would absolutely take delight in killing them at a moment's notice and not think twice about it. If they thought that was the last thing in the world that was going to happen, what do you think John Q. Citizen in Des Moines, Iowa thinks? It'll never happen here. Well, like I said last time, if it could happen in Israel, it could happen in our town. If there's protests that turn violent in D.C., it could turn violent in your town, your city. It makes no difference. Obviously, the larger the city, the more people, the more likely there's going to be a protest that will potentially turn violent. I have always said it's never too late to prepare, but I may have to reevaluate that. I don't have any inside information. I don't know if there's going to be a terrorist attack tomorrow, next week, next month, but it's going to happen. There's no reason why it shouldn't happen. There's no reason why it's not going to happen. Millions and millions of people have crossed the border from Mexico into the United States, and not all of them are from Central America. Not all of them are Mexican. Not all of them are Hispanic. There are Chinese there are Middle Eastern. There are all sorts of people. Last podcast I talked about, they were trying to get a number of terrorists that are on the terrorist watch list that have crossed into the United States. The only information you can get is the number of terrorists on the terrorist watch list that they've stopped because they're not going to tell you if they stopped 100, 22 got through. They're not going to tell you if they stopped 200, 
and sent them back to wherever, or they're still being detained, they're not going to tell you about the 75 that got away. So to think that terrorists are not already in this country, you're really kidding yourself and you're being way too naive. So what does World War III look like for us? I don't know. But it's not going to be like the Gulf War I and II. It's not going to be like we went after Saddam Hussein and the weapons of mass destruction. It's not going to be like Afghanistan where we're sending our soldiers, our men and women in uniform, three-quarters away around the globe to fight a battle to be in a country we shouldn't even be in. North Korea doesn't like us. China doesn't like us. Russia doesn't like us. Not many people in the Middle East really like us. We can't fight a war in the Middle East and a war with China if they decide to you know, skip across the ocean a few miles and take on Taiwan. We can't do that. All of our money, all of our munitions, all of our material has gone to Ukraine, and now it's going to Israel. I read a story where there's 2,000 U.S. soldiers like on standby to support the Israeli war. I don't think anybody wants to see that happen. I don't think anybody wants to see any more Americans killed in wars that we have no business being directly involved in. So if there's World War III, I have no idea how it's going to play out. But I have a feeling that if something does happen, the administration is going to somehow broker or help broker whatever ends up being in the ceasefire. So let's say it's just Israel and Gaza, Lebanon and Hezbollah. They jump in for a few weeks, a few months. Iran, limited contact. Maybe the U.S., maybe we get involved a few cruise missiles because Iran ends up lobbing a missile into Tel Aviv. We launch some cruise missiles into Tehran, whatever it happens to be. I have a feeling that the current administration is going to use this to their advantage. And sometime in spring or summer of 24, miraculously, this administration is going to be the, the, the entity that forges this, this peace some sort of alliance. Israel is no longer going to be at war with Hamas. Hamas is going to back down. And the administration believes they're going to come out smelling like a rose right before the election. And it's something that they're going to basically run on. Look at us. We're the people that stopped World War III from happening. Or we're the administration that kept this conflict fairly isolated between Lebanon, Hamas, and Israel. I have a feeling that's what they're going to do. They're going to swoop in and try to take credit for something and then try to use that to their advantage. Okay, I think I'm done ranting for now. (laughs) But I've really been, I've been really wanting to record this for the past few days And I know on the previous podcast, I mentioned some folks on YouTube and as well as Twitter that are providing, in my opinion, very good information. The YouTuber I just watched, Task and Purpose, check him out. Uh, He's former former U.S. Army, takes a very middle-of-the-road approach. In fact, I watched one of his videos last night where he talked about the history of Libya and Gaddafi. 
and I kind of thought I knew a little bit about the Middle East and a little bit about Gaddafi and Libya and, you know, and all the different conflicts. I really had no idea how involved it was with Gaddafi, how he rose to power, how he screwed everything up. And then ultimately, you know, him being, him being assassinated by his own people. So if you get a chance, check him out, task and purpose. And I believe it's the little ambersant task in purpose. I don't think it's and, and of course um, I mentioned a couple of people on uh, Twitter that are providing, in my opinion, some very good information. Sometimes they get it wrong or it's not exactly how they tweeted it, but they come right back and they correct what they've said because they've received additional information or they will say that they will say that this was posted in error. We apologize. This is the correct information because they're getting this information from all over the world, from several different sources. And it's going to differ a little bit depending on who you listen to. But I think they have a very good grasp of the information that they're bringing in before they put it out. So they've been doing an excellent job. Okay, folks, thanks again for stopping by and listening to me rant for the last 25 or so minutes. But I really think this is important. I've never been a doom and gloom guy. You can go to YouTube. You can find all the doom and gloom. You know, we're all going to die tomorrow podcast. If that's your thing, just knock yourself out. I'm somebody who likes to gather as much information as I can. I pay attention to world events. I've always been a current event, world event junkie. Because it all goes back to situational awareness. It all goes back to having an idea, a rough idea. You don't have to be an, a policy expert, some geopolitical expert on, on world happenings. But you don't need to stick your head in the sand either. There's a happy median there. If you want to walk around and be totally oblivious to everything, then that's on you. But I choose not to be that. I'm not you know, chicken little but I see what's going on. I'm, I've been around this world a while and I have a, a good idea of how this is going to play out and it's not going to be good. It's already an absolute disaster. But folks, thanks again for stopping in and listening. This has been episode 59 of the Common Sense Practical Prepper podcast. Again, today is December 18th, 2023. Everybody knows how I close my podcast. And if there is ever a time. Please be safe out there. Take care of one another. And until next time. Thanks for listening to the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, help spread the word by leaving a rating and review. 